Recording. We're back, baby. We're back. Episode. Something, checking. Something. Checking. Hey, we're closing in on 100. 94. Episode Woo-hoo. 94. We're going to hit 100 in this uh, fall season here. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. <clears throat> see, hold on. That's more than Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> yes. My wife is uh, my wife is uh, uh, going crazy because they said the two years or something like that for the next season. Yeah, and she wants me to watch it because she needs somebody to talk to about it. I'm like, I can't watch the show; it's too rapey for me. It's terrible. It's <laughs> terrible, terrible uh, show. You guys should read the books. The audio books are fantastic. Very well done. Audio acting, good, good acting. Stuff. Yeah, audio books are very good. I and finished playing. Um, uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. I heard you. I saw you tweeting about this. Good stuff, man. I like the acting. I'm big on acting. I'm not even. I'm. I was. Talk, I was thinking the other day whether I, a lot of people like video games for the story, mm. and I'm not sure. I like video. I like saying I like video games for a story. Sure. Because that's more like opposing. I like video games for shooting, right. uh, but I'm not sure it's the story. I think it's the acting. Mm. Like the other day I watched, I heard uh, this podcast, Achievement-Oriented Podcast, and the latest episode is with uh, voice actors and stunts uh, women and uh, actresses who play in these video games. And they also do movies and shit, like uh, Hunger Games and whatever, because they're like, mm. they're stunt actors, they're on everything. Um, but like, that's fascinating stuff, man. That's like, for for some reason that resonates with me, like voice acting for video games and just acting video games. But this one had Claudia Black. Um, I don't know if you know her. Um, she's on Stargate and uh, uh, a ton of other stuff, a lot of mm-hmm. sci-fi stuff. So good. This is Naughty Dog. This is the same company that made right. uh, Last of Us and stuff. Uh, so good. Yeah. So good. This is like movie quality acting. So good. It's so rare though, movie quality acting. Because like, a game company needs to pay attention to it. They need to like hire actual professional right. actors. They need to pay attention to the quality and stuff. And like for some reason, this company decided like that this is our niche. This is what we're going to pay attention to. We're going to make sure that acting is movie quality, superb acting. And right. Because like that's a rare thing in video games. Every time they do one, oh, so good. And then I I played it. I sold it on eBay for half its price. It's great. You got the physical, so you used to buy the physical. So I buy them because, like, I know I'm not going to play those other than one time. And then right, we, true. I guess that's the upside of the physical. Huh? I get eight hours. Out. I get it on Amazon for twenty percent off because if you pre-order something with Prime, if you pre-order right. video games with Prime on Amazon, you get twenty percent off. I think. Uh, so it was forty bucks to get it for thirty-two dollars, and then I sold it, and then eight hours to play. So like that's three, it? three, four days. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then, I mean, there's multiplayer and shit, but like, I don't buy them yeah. for that. Um, and then sold it on eBay for $26. Not bad. Wow. That's not bad. That's pretty good. The hassle of going to the post office, though, but. Yeah. But still, you're never going to play it again, so. Yeah. I buy games, uh, I, either if they're on sale um, or if they're multiplayer type of games, like the Battlegrounds, <laughs> I buy them electronically, but otherwise. For stuff that I know, it's like a one-off thing. Or um, if it's something like that I buy super on sale, like off of eBay, I have to get the physical copy. Because mm. at that point, it's like the electronic copy will take five years to go down in price, but somebody on eBay right. is so done with it. Yeah. yeah. The, the voice acting is like a whole thing that you never really thought about, but now like I since I've gotten it. so into Audible, 
It's like yeah. oh, when you get a good book. I mean, it just changed my reading habit. Like it's so much better to read quote unquote a book with a great voice actor than yourself. Yeah. Like, like the Martian, the Martian voice actor for the Martian audiobook was terrible. Oh, that's the worst. See, I read the Martian. I didn't, I didn't. I did. I read it too. Oh. Yeah. But I had, uh, I had, I bought one of those deals where you get the physical book and then Amazon throws in mm-hmm. the audio thing for you. Yep. I mean, I got the Kindle one. Amazon throws the audio version in for you. It's terrible. Oh my God. They Maybe do, they do a cool thing though. Like they sync up the audio book with the Kindle text. Yeah. That's I've never amazing. gotten that to work. <laughs> In theory, I didn't do that, but uh, I also only get, I pretty much only do Audible now. Like, I don't even go looking for the Kindle versions anymore because I know I'll never, ever read the Kindle version. Yeah. So I just, like, buy it on Audible and that's it. I don't but, listen to any audiobooks at all. I still feel like it's cheap. Oh, it's so good. I, you listen to, um, shit, Kafka's, um, uh, the one with the spider. Uh, metamorphosis kafka's metamorphosis on audiobook is amazing i don't know who the actor is but there's like it's a deep reverberating gravelly british (laughs) accent it's amazing yeah and the number of voices they do you know like it's amazing you'll have like just one guy or one girl who does like they're doing the other gender voices they're doing yeah all different characters like so I read that on I heard that on audiobook. I heard uh, part of the the first uh, Dark Tower thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty good. And uh, for some reason, the Bill Clinton autobiography, huh. all two thousand pages of it on audiobook. <laughs> I have um, a hard time with uh, with nonfiction on the audiobooks. Like I don't know, they get a little boring for me. So I end up. I mostly do fiction. I do the occasional yeah. nonfiction. I like it when they read it themselves. Because I, I wanted to hear Bill Clinton talk about Monica Lewinsky. Right. <laughs> like 10 years after the fact, 20 years after the fact. Um, yeah, so ever since uh, Gone Home, I've been obsessed with uh, voice actors and video games. So I think it's like it's not even the story that, that's for me. It's the acting yeah. that does it. That's kind of true. Even with audiobooks, I find that like there'll be books I hang in on just because they're doing such a damn good job with the acting. And right. It's like, well, I'm just enjoying listening to this person do this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna f- finish it till the end. The behind the scenes and that stuff is incredible to watch. There's a, a thing on Netflix that's a, a terrible documentary, but it's like <laughs> it's not. There's not much pickings on this stuff. Right. Uh, one of the uh, Joe jo- John DiMaggio is like uh, one of the biggest voiceover actors mm. he does bender on futurama and like a billion other things um he i think either funded or produced or directed this documentary about voice actors and uh, i just like the behind the scenes stuff like uh, when they sit down like actors do you're used to seeing like actors do multiple takes but like he's seeing voice actors do multiple takes is right. really odd like the the amount of control they have in uh delivery like you say things one way and maybe if you try you'll say things but like they have to be able to do like 15 variations on the same line uh, again I, I think we talked about last episode on uh live performance for actors like live performance performance for voice actors is also incredible like there's talent there that you don't see in the final yeah. product uh, because you don't see like the, the the iterations they go through to get there Anyway, love that stuff. What were we talking about? <laughs> um, I did have some tangential thing to that, but now I can't recall what it is. Um, I don't know. The only thing I have on my notes for this episode is kindergarten, because Ethan's going to kindergarten. Oh, 
how's that going uh it's it's fine it's fine it's you know he's li- he he's living his life but i've seen life before him and and uh it's it's scary the rate at which the ritual happens yeah um, they get big really fast like my oldest is uh going to sixth grade it's like holy cow and he's right at the end of you know you just know it's sixth grade it's like this is where it all starts the rubber meets the road like you're gonna have all the real life stuff starting to creep in here and it's like this is this is junior high already sixth grade is junior yeah, high. yeah and then meanwhile the baby it's like still in pre-k she's starting soccer now we're getting crazy the oldest has kind of gotten out of his like after school stuff we still want to do some stuff which we haven't found the right thing for him to work his way back into so he's kind of on pause with that stuff but the middle one is he likes to do everything so he's on this travel soccer team which practices twice a week and has a game once a week and it can be up to an hour away mm-hmm. plus there's tournaments an hour oh long. the game is hour away I thought yeah because yeah, that's a travel team so like right. the practice is right across the street from us so that's that's fine but the game i mean it's not a huge deal but it's not like overnight trips yet, but it's still, you know, so it's three days a week of stuff. And then the baby, she's doing soccer now. Um, so she's got a couple days a week of stuff. And the one of them is one of their soccer games is on Saturday and the other one's soccer game is on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So it's like the whole weekend, almost every night of the week, uh, stuff going on. So it's Victoria's thinking about, uh, putting him into karate or, or, some kind yeah. of martial art thing we not for karate. the fighting or whatever she she uh, like they have a lot of this uh how to calm down and right. sit down and center yourself type of stuff that seems useful for kids his age um i don't know i'm like start kindergarten first see what the schedule looks like and then we'll see kindergarten um we got this list of uh uh shit your kid has to be able to do as a baseline to get into kindergarten yeah and it's like fucking count to 10 and know the color yellow and shit. And I'm like, right. dude, subtracting double digit numbers and reading <laughs> books and shit. I, like, it's like the most diverse range of uh, capabilities uh, of any grade, probably. Because some kids are coming in not knowing anything. Like, I've seen yep. the kids he's playing with at the playground, like his age, and they don't like some barely talk. Some, I mean, I don't know if they're on the spectrum or not, whatever. Some yeah. barely talk. Some, uh, you know, I, don't, I mean, I'm not quizzing them, so I don't know what they're able to do. But like, he started reading at four before I started reading. I remember, and yeah. uh, um, you know, he's he picked up the double-digit addition, subtracting on, on his own. So he's like, they're not asking for this stuff and, until like third grade or fourth grade or something. And I'm like, is this going to be terrible? <laughs> Can they going to be terrible? <laughs> Can we jump on like the third grade? <laughs> Uh, he'll be fine it's all it's all different you'll see now you have the second one too like it's amazing how radically different like some people have kids that are similar but Mm -hmm. like our kids are crazy different like the oldest one was reading really early is like a ferocious reader a super fast reader uh, but is not like doesn't like to do physical stuff like he's been on we had him in like every sport he doesn't like any of the sports he doesn't like to do sports like um all that stuff and then the middle one like hates reading doesn't want to read uh yeah. and but is like a machine with the sports he just wants to be kicking a ball throwing a ball jumping off something like so i think they they all they have their yeah and in kindergarten you do get a big mesh of like yeah kids who just have never been exposed to anything 
kids whose parents are like super on top of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the first child has a lot of advantages because like you have a lot of time to read a million books to the first one. You know, like the second one's a little harder sometimes because you're like, uh, you know, you're doing stuff with the first one and th- they don't get quite as much attention. But uh, we got it. We got it all automated. Ethan reads uh, books for for uh, Samantha. There you go. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see how long that lasts. We we played that game a little bit, but then they, they get wise to that and they're like, you know what? I don't want to read. Like she's a baby right now, so it's like fun and cute. But a uh, couple of years when when he's uh, seven or eight and you really want him to do it, when yeah. she's you know three, he's gonna be like, nah. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, play this game, and then I'm gonna, you know, go outside. I'm gonna do whatever. I, I just want to read this chapter book. I don't want to read stupid little uh, golden book or whatever. So yeah, 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 no. yeah. But enjoy it while you got it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while he's he's into it. Um, he beat me at Fruit Ninja the other day, like <laughs> legit. Like I'm not even. Um, so it's like age of five, uh, beat me at my first video game. So like I play uh, this, the battlegrounds thing with Fideloper and Fideloper who is younger than I am chimes in once in a while about how old he is and he doesn't have the response time that he wants. <laughs> um, <laughs> he doesn't have good gear either. He didn't invest in the, in the top notch gear yet. That's so true. I'm, I'm, ama- like that. I'm amazed he's running that thing through bootcamp. I'm amazed that it's working. <laughs> Um, but yeah, beat me at Fruit Ninja playing the Subway for Surfers thing, and like at first it was slow, but now it's like the dudes react. Once he zones in on it, once he um, collapses the possibility space of what the what the next motion should be, mm. he's he's much faster than I am. Mm. It's one of those games where you run forward and you gotta go up, down, left, right to avoid obstacles. Yeah. So once he collapses the the possibility space of what the next thing could be, it's 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 scary. The react that that's no joke. The reaction time for the young ones are much much more yeah. much more better than than us. Well, they can just like fly through there, and <clears throat> they've grown up with it, so it's just like so natural. Yeah. Eyesight to everything. I mean, we we're in the car. We're driving to we're driving to school, and I'm and he's like, "Daddy, there's a school bus up ahead," and like I fucking see the school bus two minutes later. I swear, <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not even aware of the school bus on the horizon when he sees it. Um, scary. I don't know what's scary him growing so fast or me growing him up just as fast. Yeah. Up, you you yeah. aging out? Yeah. You aging in? There's a game. Uh, what the I I had Tyler, the oldest, into this for a while, and then uh, he got off of it. But then I got the middle one into it. A really cool game. Um, I think it's called Casey's Contraptions, mm-hmm. which I like when they play these style games. I don't feel bad that they're like playing video games. It's like uh, it's basically like this kind of game where you have a challenge and you get different parts. Like you get yeah. pipes and boards. Yeah, we had that when we were kids. It's called yeah. the Incredible Machine. Yeah, it's kind of like that, yeah. And so, yeah, like the physical game, you mean, right? Uh, no. No? Uh, it's, it was game? a video game, yeah. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, Casey's Contraption looks the same as the Incredible Machine. Yeah, late yeah. 80s, early 90s, Incredible Machine for so DOS. So it's pretty cool. Like, they have to solve, you know, like physics and all that stuff, and you have to uh, so- solve it. <clears throat> so that's, I like that game a lot. Yeah, he does a whole bunch of, like, math games, and but he does everything. Yeah. He's good at this stuff. 
He's the oldest. Samantha won't want to do any of it. I'm telling you right now. I'm putting five bucks on that. Well, Samantha's not synchronized with the universe yet. I don't know what she wants. <laughs> I'm telling you. She's the second. She's going to have her own her own vibe she wants to jam to. <laughs> um, we are going through these tablets like candy, though. Are you breaking they them? They break all the time. Like you I gotta I'm, get the iPad, man. My kids destroy these iPads. They throw them. They drop them. I we've never broken one ever. What do you mean? I, iPad. They don't break. IPad. What do you? I went through seven of them in five years. I thought you've been buying Kindles or something. No, I had the iPads. I even bought the the fucking bulletproof glass or whatever <laughs> it is, and he killed it. He destroyed we, it. We should send them out to the front. He's just <laughs> going through bulletproof glass like it's nothing. Like it's styrofoam. We have no cases on anything, and they drop them all the time. They put them in weird places. People sit on them. They hit I each other know. with them. I got the same. I got one right here. I breathe on it wrong, and it breaks. <laughs> yeah. So we, I I stopped with because he doesn't care if it's iOS or anything. Everything yeah. runs on. So I stopped with the with the iPads, seven hundred dollar iPads and shit, and I just went the the Amazon Fires are like eighty bucks. They're right, disposable. Yeah. Uh, we still have an iPad 2, we have a newer iPad, we have an iPad mini. Yeah, we got nothing runs on the mini. I don't know what happened at a certain point. I want to download yeah. some games for them and it's like grayed out or something. Like there's no difference programmatically. Like, I can work at yeah. this stuff every day. You can't even like go Part. out of your you have to go out of your way to make sure it doesn't run out. Maybe it's something like Apple phased out or something, but like maybe you're on an older one that it can't you are not on a new enough iOS release or something, you know. I mean auto opt whatever, it doesn't matter. I hate Apple. Apple sucks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, too expensive. Know, I've been for very kids. impressed with the iPad. I've been very impressed. They I, nobody's destroyed. Well, now they'll they'll get destroyed instantly. Now I'm sure, but like I don't know. I've been very impressed, and we haven't lost one. I don't think we've ever lost one. And since it came out, yeah, we've sold some, whatever. But I don't think we've ever like there's one that's got like a crack across the screen, like in the corner, like on the off the screen area. You know what right. I mean? Just like up in the upper corner. I think there's one that has like a tiny little thing like that. But yeah. That's it. It must be like a Dorian Gray situation. Like I go through two iPads, so you don't have to break okay. even. <laughs> um, <Full> probability. <laughs> yeah. No, we just. Uh, I still like the Nexus fives, Nexus sevens, whatever the medium sized one for Google is. I love those. They're cheap, like one hundred twenty dollars or something. They're fast enough for you know whatever his math games that he's running, and videos that he watches and stuff. So. This week, Bootstrapped is sponsored by Linode. Um, if you're looking for virtual machine hosting, uh, definitely gotta check out Linode. They have eight data centers. Um, all the plan, the base plan starts at two gigabytes of RAM, and it goes up from there into very large servers. Really straightforward pricing: ten bucks a month um, to start, and that's actually billed hourly. So if you want to spin up a, a server just to play around with a side project and spin it back down. You're only going to pay, uh, you know, for the fraction of, of time you used on that. Um, they recently switched uh, from Zen to KVM and have seen, you know, 300% performance increases uh, with the servers uh, we use at Userscape um, run on Linode. And we did that conversion. And it's amazing. We were able to actually lower uh, the size of many of our servers down to just the base two gigabyte server because they're just ridiculously fast now. So. That's really been awesome. It's all uh, 40 gig uh, network. It's all modern Intel processors. It's all native SSD storage, 24-7, 365 support, uh, seven-day money-back guarantee if you don't like it, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, again, I've been hosted there for 
I don't even know how long, five years or more um, with about 10 servers. Andre uses it as well. Uh, so definitely, definitely highly recommend Linode. Um, and uh, they've actually given us a, an offer code, bootstrapped20. So if you use that code, you'll get 20 bucks off um, when you sign up for an account in Linode. So basically, uh, you can get your first two months for free. Uh, or even if you're only using it for partial months, it, it could be last you longer than that, obviously. So definitely check that out. Offer code bootstrapped20. And we'll have that in the show notes uh, as well as a link right to that, that that applies a discount for you. So go ahead and just check it out in the show notes. Click on it. Um, our big, big thanks to Linode for always being a huge supporter of the show. And uh, I really can't highly recommend them enough. We use them for uh, everything at Userscape. And uh, it's been been rock solid. So thanks a lot to Linode for sponsoring the show. So I got I got a I got a real thing for you, a real topic. Should we do a real topic? I keep forgetting what we're talking about. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, how we we get, oh, kindergarten or something. Yeah. yeah we, oh yeah, we're talking about kindergarten. I don't think we have anything else to say about that. Kids go through it, then they go to first grade. <laughs> All right. Then, then they're out. Um, uh, I was gonna say I had something else about kindergarten actually, but now I can't remember. Are you going ah. to Are you going to Matt Weinsberg Vector Craft CMS meetup today? Uh, I am not, although I did uh, strongly consider it, but Jamie's got a thing to do tonight, and then it was like organizing people, and their office not in a very good location for me, because it's like 20-something blocks south of Grand Central, and so it's like, then it's not till 7, I'm not going to get home till like 2 in the morning, so it's kind of like, eh. I, I would like to, because there's like a number of people I know going, but yeah. are you going? No, I wanted to go. So I could have pizza and call it a cheat day. There you go. You uh, should go. Nah. That's perfect for you. You can get right in there to Penn Station. You're only like 10 blocks away. Nah, that's all right. I went there last time when I gave the talk there, but um, yeah. I, I don't use craft. I feel like it's a craft-focused meetup. It is. But Brandon's a nice guy. I I'm sure he knows I you had, from Twitter. I had dinner with him. We had dinner. Oh, that's right. So you um, should do that. Yeah, you no, I'm not. Just go. Make it happen. I don't Bring the baby. Go. Bring yeah, baby. Sure. <laughs> Baby's first craft CMS. <laughs> Baby's first CMS. <laughs> Baby's first CMS. Uh, all right. I got a topic for you. All right. Because I brought this up on Twitter a couple weeks back. And then, you know, people had commentary. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do with it. I, 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 I know your opinion, but I still want to have a discussion. All right. So we have our main product, right? Mm-hmm. And... Now we actually have the second product, Thermostat, which is like in sort of alpha. And it's getting close to being like beta. Developers have been working on uh, kind of the last big piece, the ability to email these surveys out. Um, and then then I'm just going to like open up the floodgates on that, baby. Uh, but that's more like uh, my goals for that are modest and long term. Like I'm just going to run that thing and maybe do some SEO. I'm not like getting crazy on it, but I think long term it could be good. Just like build build up like some clientele over a couple of years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um it shouldn't be too bad to run in theory. If it gets super popular, I'm sure there'll be uh challenges, but kind of cross that bridge when we get to it. So, meanwhile then, I you know, I always have all these like other ideas, right? And I have this this idea. It's regarding kind of developer hiring, which is something I know you've had challenges with, and yeah, I don't ne- think... never once been able to do it the way I wanted to. You know? Right, exactly. So, so that's I, a challenge. Yes, that's a challenge. <laughs> um, and actually, the this thing I'm kind of thinking of, and it's uh, it's there's other solutions that are somewhat similar. I've 
kind of a unique uh, take on it. And I'm not going to get into what it is right now because I'm not I'm not ready to uh, talk about it yet. And I don't know if I'll ever even do it. It's like something I want to do and I'm chipping away on. But it's like I'm only chipping away on it at like 10 o'clock at night and just here and there because right now I'm totally focused. My main focus right now is the new HelpSpot website and um, also keeping kind of HelpSpot 5 on track, which will hopefully be out kind of in the winter here. So um, those are like my my total focus and then getting thermostat out the door, which mostly developers working on that now. And he, he knows where it's going. So I don't personally have a lot to do with that right this second. Um, but once that's ready, uh, there'll be some like marketing kind of stuff I want to do with that. So this is like third tier back burner, but I do think it's an interesting idea. I see people with this issue all the time, I have some experience with it from hiring people myself and then also layer jobs and all that stuff. So, uh, so it's an interesting idea. But so when I talk, I talked about it in the abstract a little bit on Twitter and people were like, yeah, they're like, stay focused. And a couple of people said stuff like that. So what's your thoughts on people like us having side projects? So it's kind of weird. Like you're the founder of the company, you having a side project, like that might be a weird thing or even a weird signal to the employees in some way. But uh, I don't know. I kind of like it. I feel like I need that creative outlet. Like even if it doesn't turn into anything, um, cause like when you have an established product, like you can do creative stuff with it, but, but a lot of times you're kind of like, you are limited, like either for multiple reasons, it's hard to do like radical changes to it. Um, and you know, you have just have ideas in different spaces or whatever. So you got to be, you have to be careful what you take on as a side project, I think, because you don't want like another thing that's like a huge business necessarily, but I like that creative out. Like to me, it's like, that's why I got into this was because I liked building stuff. Yeah. And so I still feel like I need that. I'm not the best one to work on help spot every day. Um, but I still want that like creative outlet. So I don't know. What do you think? I think it's totally fine. Are you wired that way? Like you said, right? Yeah. So that's how you got into this by doing a project. You didn't have another one. So it wasn't a side project, but like I run my entire business that way. It was, it was a side project from my job. but Right. And then, like, everybody does that. I mean, aside, uh, unless you're, like, a CEO that was hired to run a company and it's not your company, like, everybody who's a founder at some point, Elon Musk, probably all of those things that he started were side projects got, from... Sorry. <laughs> He's got yeah. big companies that are side projects. That were side projects, sort of side ideas that, you know, he just yeah. happened to have enough funding to be, start a company instead of a project right off the bat. and he's not the guy in the trenches doing it but yeah but you know like at some point he said okay let's do this and for a split second it was a side project or whatever he was doing before yeah, yeah. Um, i thought something about the ceo of uh is it i think it's new relic um that 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 he he's like a co side project coder guy and has done some uh i don't know if maybe new relic was the side project from some other thing they used to run or Something else they spun off a new relic that he kind of like cut it up as a side project, but yeah. Also, what's the difference between you doing a side project and you as a company having like a twenty percent thing that Google does? The only difference is that you run the company and you're not like an employee. Because if an employee did it, you would have then spun it out into a product if it worked out. But it was a side project for yeah. a while. So the only difference is that you're a founder instead of an employee. Yeah, that's your twenty percent. And if it works, is, you spin it out or you integrate it, you fold it in or whatever. I also think it kind of like... Um, it's fine. It's not even an issue. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Plus, 
Plus, you you the boss. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, nobody's gonna <laughs> counter me, right? Like, whatever in that regard, I guess. But and I'm fine. Like all of the develop, I mean, really everybody at Userscape, um, pretty much. Uh, I don't know. No, the one the one uh, guy doesn't really have like like a business side project, but the other three people all have like money making side projects. So yeah. I mean, it's kind of a very entrepreneurial spirit there. Um, so I know, like in that, I, I'm like. I like that the company's been built that way and that people, everybody on staff gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not, that's nice. That's not an issue. Cause I could definitely imagine a scenario where like, if I was beating on everybody that you have to work 80 hours a week, um, building our stuff and we had rules against side projects and then yeah, so, side project, like that's kind of, that's kind of weird maybe. Yeah. So um, think about it the other way. If you had, uh, policy of no side projects that's not the company you want to be at right. so. which i built the company i want to be at which is kind of cool right. um and i mean aside like it won't even this if it was if it becomes something like we'll just be a user skate product it, right. you know it's not going to be actually a side side project most likely but um yeah, it's not. It's not really an issue. Yeah. At least from my perspective, it's not really yeah. an issue. Well, I like this one too. It's not really about the technology. I always like things that aren't about technology. Like the technology is just there to uh, sort of make some connections and things. Like it's just technology you have to have, but it's not fancy mm-hmm. or complicated, mm-hmm. um, which is nice for me for side projects that I can do. You know what I mean? Like it's not a big complicated thing that's going to require a lot of developer time and that like with thermostat i was doing the dev early on too but that was is really more it's not super complicated but it's more complicated and i wanted to hand that off when it got to the point where i'm just gonna screw it up Mm -hmm. um but for this it's it's not like that at all so that's that's kind of a nice like um thing where whatever like it just is what it is and i don't need really help with it it's uh it's pretty straightforward so um all right so I got Bluetooth's blessing. That's good. That's sure. what I wanted. <laughs> this other thing I've been doing, here's a tech thing I've been doing too. One other thing. I've been working on, so I've been building, I have been building a new HelpSpot. Well, actually, Eric built most of the new HelpSpot website, the other developer at Uscape. But I've been uh, doing this last bit, uh, which is kind of this personalization thing. Um, which I'm, I've been kind of interested in the personalization stuff in general. And it's kind of cool. Like I busted out all the quotes and case studies and things into like their own modules and um, then associate them with different like industries and use cases. So like mm-hmm. this quote is useful, is like related to being an IT, like, or, like somebody who's using HealthSpot in an IT context mm-hmm. in the healthcare industry or in um, whatever, a couple enterprise or whatever, a couple other sort of industry categorizations. And then, so if you come in on like one of our industry pages, like if you come in from Google on the healthcare industry page, then we'll tag you with that. And then we'll show you healthcare, you know, quotes and case studies as you go through the tour and whatever, stuff like that. Um, which kind of is like, it really makes a lot of sense. I don't know why people don't do more of this. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a pain in the ass to get set up, but once it's set up, it should be fairly automatic. And it just makes so much sense that when you're on, whatever, I'm looking at this product and I'm in a healthcare organization, like the most relevant case study to me is going to be one from a healthcare organization or the most relevant quote uh, is either going to be one from a healthcare organization or one from, like if I'm an IT manager, I want to see 
kind of those things from other IT managers. So, uh, and then we can also do stuff like personalize the headlines, um, like instead of it being like, you know, whatever best uh, helped us software in the world, it could be best IT helped us software in the world and things like that and kind of speak to that person a little more specifically. So that's been pretty interesting to build out. Like it's not complicated. Actually, I've been mostly doing just grunt work, like organizing the quotes and things like that. But uh, it's kind of interesting. Cool. <laughs> you haven't built a website for a product in a while. You gotta, you gotta, I you gotta. We it. gotta get you. We gotta get you a single idea that you really put a good chunk of effort in. Yeah, I've been. Th- I've been telling you that for two months now. <laughs> That's what we gotta I've, get you. I, I went over our uh, you know internal secret list of ideas with my wife a while back, and they're all like, "Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, but, but nothing like." I don't know if I'm capable of like that thing that sparked the company, you know, 12 years ago, whatever. Um, I don't know if, if that happens. I don't know if that's an indicator that I should go with a product idea or if I'm just like, this is the level of excitement that I'm capable of mustering up at this point in my life. <laughs> I do um, think you totally need things that are more self-propelled. That's what you have to fo- like. You need something where if it hits, it propels itself in yeah. some way. Whether it's like unique and Apple's going to help you propel it or it's got some thing that whatever, like a social component or whatever. Some Something where other people can be learn about it without you doing a bunch of marketing because i don't see you building like a huge marketing website and in general i mean just when you're one person it's so hard now to like build all those different things out and and probably most of the stuff you do you'd have like two at least two different apps if not three because you're gonna have like ios and probably android and right. probably a web app so <laughs> those are that's the other thing nowadays i dislike about apps for like bootstrappers it's like such high expectations there of yeah, I released uh, uh, that when I did the Scribbleton. It was like two years ago, the first release. <clears throat> and like the whole point was cross-platform. I just wanted Windows and Mac, but there was I also threw in Linux in there. Um, but like the first batch of requests that came in are like, where's the iOS app? Right. The Android app? And like I spent all this time writing a cross-platform thing for you. Like be happy for half a week without sending me stuff and that now <laughs> i have this thing on my desktop now i want to have it on the go obviously yeah so. people in the damn on the go but then <laughs> i wonder if soon we'll be able to just get rid of the web app and it's like it's just mobile it's just the ios app that's it or you know ios and android probably yeah there's a lot of things that do fit in that because most people like they just live on their phone you know the phone is so yeah omnipresent uh yeah, I just tweeted out the other day about how, like, all the shit I was raised on in terms of programming, like, weird C++ that you have to know, like, the inside and out of, and assembly language programming and register management, and weird memory uh, allocators, and, like, all this deep, deep CS garbage. Yeah. Uh, like, none of that has any value. And, like, let's build a SAS thing in JavaScript. Right. <laughs> we don't care about memory or anything else. Like, we'll just throw a bigger server at it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, we have two terabyte node modules folder. What do we care about? Right. That? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, then you also get into a weird point. Like I saw um, an Apple patent on this. And I mean, you would definitely think that this is coming in the fairly near future. Although interestingly, 
Microsoft is kind of a little better positioned to actually do this. But the idea that your phone is like pretty soon it's just going to be so powerful that like like a lot like the patent I saw was for a laptop. Right. And it's just a laptop where the trackpad, you plug your phone in where the trackpad is. All right. So it's like a Chrome frame around the phone. Yeah, yeah. Like you're just using this laptop shell to get a big keyboard and the screen. Yeah. But it's really your bad. phone is the core, is the computer, and you plug it in and then you I, have a full-size computer. I feel like I'd like better access to the file system on the phone though so maybe like a rooted android or something like that but otherwise i like that idea well that's where i think like that's in some ways how microsoft's a little better prepared right because their whole thing now is like it's the os is just one the one os and right. it can show you like a tablet view or it can show you like regular windows desktop so that like that like then when you plug it in it would just be regular windows and when you pop it out it's uh you know like a phone size interface but whereas obviously Apple's not taking that path. So yeah, I'd, it's not as interesting in that regard because like in terms of how iOS, how it is today, like if you plug it in and you just get like basically an iPad, like that's not that interesting. Mm-hmm. But if you could have your Mac OS, like when, then when I sit down at my desk here at the office, I just have a dock, I plug it in and it's my computer with the huge screen and whatever, like that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that is kind of cool. The uh, security has to be a little tighter though. The phone's going everywhere. <clears throat> Yeah, I guess you'd have more stuff on the phone. But no, I mean, this, but in some ways, my phone already has more security. Like, it's got Touch ID sensor. It's got, right. you could have a bigger pass. Like, whereas my desktop's just, like, some kind of not that good password. And most people don't even have a password on their desktop, but I do. Yeah, I, I definitely, I like that. That's cool. Oh, I wanted to mention the other day, uh, speaking of, sorry, going back to the topic yeah. of, like, no innovation on, on the desktop and stuff. Yeah. Uh, writing, uh, writing code for Scribbleton 2, and I, I wanted to add... <clears throat> encrypted wikis password protected wikis and uh and i'm like because uh, it's both worlds there's javascript component and c plus component and this is in c plus world and i'm like all i want is a bcrypt library like right. it's standard now like laravel requires one it's not even an issue right. um and to f- to find one in the c plus world there's like three ten thousand dollars commercial implementations really like um, um, they're like mathematically proven to whatever class, whatever. Right. And then like the open source ones, you gotta like go get flour, go get whatever, go get this ingredient, that ingredient, compile it yourself. It's like this really? is like nineteen eighties, and there's like nothing you could just like drop in. And the open source ones are like all this isn't meant for production quality. <laughs> this is just my bullshit session of coding that I put together and have fun with it. And that's what everybody winds up using because it's like the least restrictive one right. is the one that promises not to be super, uh, you know, for prying eyes. Robust. Right. Yeah. But it's easy to integrate. And I'm like, I could literally just like download 10 JavaScript versions of this and it'll just work. I'll just import right. the file and it'll just work. I'll just import this this composer thing and PHP and it'll just work. It's available. Yeah. And then C++, I have to go through like days of hoops of like a bcrypt library that's just <laughs> asinine like there's right. zero progress in the desktop opportunity. space opportunity it's not opportunity it's yeah. a, it's a it's a like tumbleweeds it's tumbleweeds <laughs> going through well, the desert the problem is if you built a commercial one then you just are like the other commercial right. ones because you have to charge ten thousand dollars because <laughs> how many people want to buy this and so to make any money you actually have to charge a lot of money and to, to the 50 people who want to actually <laughs> buy a commercial c plus plus 
thing and there you go so it's, it's just so that i'm like this got to be super hard because obviously you have to compile it using the specific compiler for your platform level. well if it's super hard how come there's like like 12 of them on github for javascript that i could just right. import and use <laughs> and all of them use some kind of c underlayer i would think i could <laughs> i could this is how stupid this is i can't find a library to do something in c i will spin up a, a headless web view from C++, import a JavaScript file in there just to call a JavaScript function to give me a result back into C++ because that library is readily available in JavaScript and I can just call down into JavaScript in order to get a return value back out. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. But I wind up doing that because it's hours saved because oh it's already God. available and yeah. I can call JavaScript from my C++ because that's already built in into yeah. my app. But how dumb is that? That's like now your storage layer is through through JavaScript. That's <laughs> <It's> insane. <laughs> Look at your app's just becoming a Node app. It's, it's just, just a Node app. It's just a Node app. Get rid of the C plus plus. That's what this is saying to you. It should be an Electron app. Obviously, with just the shell and all JavaScript. Obviously, that's fate. That's Scribbleton three. As like, <laughs> Scribbleton two, like makes some money and it's like worth like doing more work on scribbleton 3 is just an electron gotta make electron i actually use primarily use atom for my editor now Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like it but i don't love it but for some reason i kind of it's kind of grown on me and it doesn't really crash too much it's pretty good it's okay the visual studio code i think is also electron right really yeah so that's come along i think it's you know if these big places are using it i think it would be fine for i think people call electron apps janky don't uh, take into consideration that regular native apps are just as janky, but in different ways. <laughs> <That's true too. laughs> and when you have to have one dev team manage three of them and that creates its own issues and delays and getting you new updates and stuff, there's upsides for the consumer, um, even if there are occasional jankiness issues that are you know superior. Although you have to write everything in JavaScript, which is kind of horrible. Yeah. But, so C++ isn't so much better. So eh, all these programming languages, the only programming language I like is basically PHP. We'll be back. Are we done? This week. Yeah, we're done. All right. Sounds good. It's been a good run. We got to <laughs> we gotta keep uh, some powder for, for next episode. Uh, okay. I'm going to work on Scribbleton and then I'm going to figure out what to work on after. I guess. I don't know what I want to work on. We got I'd like to uh, uh, work with the team again, maybe. But then, like everywhere I want to work, is weird because I really know these people. Like, I don't. I, I want to work at Titan, but I don't want to work for Matt Stauffer because, like, He's your I, yeah, and uh, like Vector is not bad, but I don't want to work for Matt. Yeah. Uh, DNL is not bad, but I don't want to work for Carl. And you know, it's like I it's can't weird. See you working for? I don't know. I <laughs> You'd have to have the right situation. Like, like I used to work with this guy um, in this place where I learned the program like forever ago. And he just, he was like the tech guru and nobody else was, he was essentially the CTO, although I don't, they didn't call him that till later. Right. <clears throat> it was a small, you know, it was like a startup kind of thing. And he just like did whatever he wanted. So he just worked like all night and then he wouldn't wake up till like, one and you'd have all these questions for him but you couldn't get them to one but nobody like the the boss and stuff just let him do whatever he's doing because he's the tech guy 
and whatever. So I could see that working for you. If you were like the tech guy and you're like, whatever, I'm working on, I don't have like set hours. Like you're not working eight to five necessarily. Like right. you might just, you're just working whenever and you're getting your stuff done, but it's not right. like expectation right. of a normal business hour kind of thing. I could see that working for you. I don't know if I could see like, you're just like a nine to five or yeah, I've actually it worked out really well with the with the well, one of the clients that I CTO'd for, except that it was a totally toxic company. <laughs> um, but it, <laughs> that part aside, the company was good, which is why I mentioned like Vector DNL Titan, like the companies that I like. Yeah, um, the company is is good. I would totally work there full time. Um, but yeah, it's hard. Like I I'm super sensitive to the companies now. Like I don't want to go and look for places because i don't know what it's going to be like to work for them like when i was younger i couldn't give a shit like yeah. pay me more and i'm i'm working there but right. but now i'm like it's all about the company and the group of people and unfortunately the companies and groups of people that i really know and i really like i don't want to work for those people because right. i've known well, them for like 15 years or something yeah well that's the thing when you know a place well <laughs> enough that you would like oh, i'd like to work there well those are all people you really know well and that's I mean, sometimes that's okay. Sometimes it's not. Like, yeah. I think in like a startup-y situation, I might like it. It, it seems maybe better. I don't know. Yeah. Because it's like whatever. It's like okay, I know you, but like we're just going on this crazy adventure, and it's yeah, it would have to be like one of those people that I know, like doing one, like you just said, side project that's spans out into something else, and they need somebody yeah, to run it. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why, like, I have like all these other ideas, but it's like, and I think at least three or four of these ideas that I just have like listed out are like pretty good bootstrappery software ideas. Yeah, but send but them, like, send them to uh, Quantic Insights. We'll, yeah, we'll they're all big. They're like, they're like, you're gonna need a web app and mobile apps and lots of marketing. And, yeah, they're like, they're like companies. They're yeah. not like, yeah, they're not like one or two people. The ones I've like, the ones I most would be excited about, are not really good. Like they're good bootstrapper apps, and that they're like the niche is good and the market's good for bootstrapper, where it's not like the big dominant Hulk in there. And there's, it's kind of like not super mainstream, but it's niched down a little bit. Like I think they're good in those ways, mm-hmm. and you could charge for them and stuff like that. But they're they're just like to get to version one that you could sell would be like a big right effort you know like, yeah, yeah big effort uh, too much effort for like just like too much effort right you know um, the the answer is to open up a bakery that's right you had the answer before you <laughs> stop. don't fight city hall you just do that open up a bakery everybody knows how a bakery should be ran everybody knows what a bakery sells everybody knows you pay for items in a bakery Everything is done a thousand times before you. You know how to run it. You just have to buy it and run it and what wake up that? super early. Open up a open up a Planet Fitness franchise. I, see, I wouldn't want to run a franchise. There's something about it that feels like I'd be able to do all that shit without them. No, see, I see, I like it because it's kind of like what we just talked about. With like, okay, here's an idea that's too big for us, right? But with the a franchise, kind of similar, like the build the brand of a gym let's just use a gym example to build a brand to go to bankers to get the millions of dollars you need to buy all the shit right to come up with the manuals and like procedures for each staff person and what their job is like that's all huge amount of work they give you everything you come with money and your management and overseeing the things and you have to learn how every job's supposed to be done like there's a lot for you to do but there's a lot 
they're taking a lot of the burden off you. Like you basically have to find the location and that's going to work and come up with the money and, and not even, not all the money, but you know, whatever you're a chunk that they want you to have some skin in the game. So that's kind of appealing. Um, you know, you get to ride their average, their advertising on the Super Bowl, right? You don't have to worry about that. Like, you have some ad budget, presumably. You get to use their creatives. Like, you don't have to design ads. Oh, I kind of like that part of it. The other thing is, like, in my mind, this totally not based on anything except my own weirdness. <laughs> uh, the franchise people are like half a level above like this MLM stuff and then my mind immediately jumps to seinfeld it's like now i have to like get new friends i have to get <laughs> franchise friends and I, have to... <laughs> it's, it's I, think, just, I think it's more real than a multi-level marketing kind of thing i do i think it's i think it's better than that it is uh it, there is something about it i will grant you that that feels a little funky it depends what it is too i think some are more funky like i mean listen every like chain restaurant in the country is a franchise and right. I, like you know you've go eat at applebee's that's just some like i think franchise. it's because all those franchises advertise in those magazines that show up at the entryways to supermarkets where like they sell like vitamin pill door-to-door sales things next to the same ads and they're all like grouped up together and they all feel slimy and shitty <laughs> yeah it's kind of slimy. did you see uh did you see the founder no it's a pretty good movie. You should watch that. It's about the guy who. Oh, is that the K- uh, McDonald's thing? No, it's McDonald's. It's like about the starting of McDonald's. You're like the second person to recommend that to me. It's pretty good, and it's got Michael Keaton, and it's kind of about Michael Keaton didn't actually found it. It was like this McDonald's brothers, but it's about how Michael Keaton basically like kind of takes over, and he kind of figures out the franchise game, and like he didn't he didn't have it figured out, and they're losing money and whatever, and then he basically like tweaks it just kind of slightly really and then it becomes mcdonald's you know it's everywhere but uh that kind of you know obviously related to franchising and it's a pretty good movie so you should you should check that out it might maybe oh, it's on netflix oh, yeah yeah is that netflix yeah okay yeah. adding it to my list yeah it's good it's a businessy kind of thing yeah good Some good stuff good, good, all, good. Right. all right man nation what End on a movie recommendation. Yeah, sounds good. And go play, uh, not you, people who care. Go play Uncharted Lost Legacy. Probably the best in the Uncharted series. All right, I'll, I'll do that someday. It's on my list. <laughs> All right, man. Talk to you later.